0: Greetings, to our fans, and welcome to episode 220 of Frightmares. I'm your host, Austin Brocker, and joining me today—I uh, was going to say for the second time this week, but we did one for your show, so no, this is not the second time. I don't know what I'm saying. It's Mikey Man shot from Slashers Podcast. He has me very upset right now.
1: Hi, everyone. Go next topic. <laughs> next
0: topic. Just sitting here I'm waiting late. 17 That's minutes.
1: Why Austin's mad. What? I said I'm late. That's why Austin's mad. Everybody. It's
0: fine. Oh, oh, I am recording. Oh, good. Oh, God. I thought I wasn't.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Oh, my God. Is your microphone lower, sir?
1: No. Oh, okay. Is that better? Oh, oh! oh
0: there we go. Oh, I also had mine low, too. We wow. are talking about Body Bags Today, John Carpenter slash Tobey Hooper movie from the 90s. Um, ooh, oh, my. I'm gassy. Excuse me. Uh, it is an anthology movie. It is a movie that I feel doesn't get talked about enough. That's why we're doing it. Even though next month we're do- or ne- next month. Next year we're doing an entire John Carpenter month, but I mean he's got plenty of movies, so
1: everyone can chill. Um, what's going on, Mikey? Nothing. I um have been a busy beaver doing oh. short films, trying to do my own channel shit, reading, Ooh. writing, um, you know, slaying, eating, <laughs> taking my daughter to a tumbling classes so it's been a very busy past couple of weeks for me sounds like it yeah
0: sounds like but, oh god
1: i'm getting a pimple oh god ew, oh. Gross. maybe it's a spider bite hint, hint ah, we no! Releasing on monday <laughs> no <laughs> no oh um, my god no, but I am glad that we saw this because it's always been on my list. So was like, oh, a horror anthology. I do love those. And it's by John Carpenter. But I've never actually put it on because it's one of those. It's like I want to see it, but I never have the motivation to actually watch it so you were like let's do it or you want to do it with me and i was like yeah sure because it gives me an excuse to have to watch it and i'm glad that i did yeah that's what (laughs) that happens
0: a lot on this show is like people are like i've always wanted to watch this and you asked me to do it and i'm like well then there we go works for both of us so uh yeah but i feel it's a very just underappreciated not talked about film especially the fact that a it is an anthology and b it's directed by john carpenter and Tobey hooper which is such a weird mashup but it obviously works for, I mean it works for me um, and it's only three stories and it's only an hour and a half so it's not like uh, what is it I think the first VHS is like five shorts and it's like almost two hours this is in you're in you're out um, there's even a wraparound story with the coroner, which is super fun and mm-hmm. uh, we will get to that momentarily I actually I mean it is spooky season so it's not shocking that I have a whole bunch of horror news um, but I actually have something that is Directly on topic. I don't this is like perfect. I don't even know how this happened, but John Carpenter is actually bringing us a 6-episode limited series um spotlighting his adage that quote, "Nothing we create is as scary as reality." Facts. Um, It's premiering on August 13th. It is John Carpenter's Suburban Screams, which will be blending real-life horror with Carpenter's cinematic vision in a way that may have you eyeballing your neighbors. Uh Uh-oh. The stories are true crimes that happen right in our own suburban backyards, digging into the terrors of tree-lined suburban streets. Which honestly comes as no surprise from the guy who made the picturesque suburb of Haddonfield more horrifying than any any apocalyptic locale. Um, quote from Mr. Carpenter himself, I always say nothing we create is as scary as reality, and that's been the guiding philosophy for the series, which shows that your safe zone is truly never safe. Carpenter returns to the director's chair for one episode in the six-episode limited series, which is being described as using a blend of archival footage, personal photos, news clips, and cinematic-level dramatic production. Additional episodes are directed by Roberts, um... Michelle Latimer, and John Pavlaki. John Carpenter's Suburban Screams is from Storm King Productions and DIGA Studios. So what do you think about that?
1: I don't know about anything you said, but I will say the if you are into horror, which you obviously are listening look up the I don't even know if it's considered a poster but look up the poster art for this because it is beautiful. Yeah. That was the first thing I saw when I when I noticed that I posted it on my Instagram story so if you actually were a good friend and looked at my stories you could see that it is a neighborhood street that comes to a cul-de-sac but like the streets make a hand and fingers yeah and there's blood going through the streets that make it look like veins and i'm like this is amazing that was before i even knew what it was and then i looked at it and i was like oh this is john carpenter's baby
0: yeah this is super cool um like i said so it'll be a blend of reality and scripted programming the series captures real stories through the eyes of those who live through these horrifying experiences um, both uh, you know, they're while well, lauding both survivors and victims as true heroes. I don't know what lauding
1: is a l a u d i n g. I should probably expand my vocabulary, but uh, um, well, lauding means like they represent, like, oh, good, okay. Nev Campbell is lauded for being okay, one of the best final girls, whatever, whatever. So,
0: representing both survivors and the victims as true heroes. So, that is something it doesn't say where it's going to be streaming, though. It just says October. Th- oh, is it Pe- okay? That makes sense, yeah. Um, so yeah. Something else coming out on October 13th, like um, amazing. I well, I mean, I guess Exorcist isn't anymore. Fucking T Swift, but um this is, and that's pretty cool. So I will definitely be checking that out. There's um, there's almost gonna be too much shit to watch this spooky season because I have next up I'm gonna talk about
1: uh Hulu's Huluween.
0: So <laughs> much is happening.
1: Did you have something you wanted to say? Um, I was just gonna say I hope that Suburban Scream. See, here's the poster. You can the bottom it says Peacock, so you know I'm not lying. Oh, okay. um, but I hope it's not too true crimey. Like I understand, there's like an uprising and people that love true crime, which true crime is great. It can definitely be horror, but a lot of true crime can just be disturbing. And so I'm, I'm hoping it's not like a lot of these like the neighbor next door, blah, blah, yeah. having an affair. She killed, like lifetime type stuff, which they can be disturbing, but also like John Carpenter, I'm coming to you. Like if Halloween was a true story, great. Um, But like, I'm not trying trying to see like some crime drama from John Carpenter. Yeah, well, Halloween, you know what Halloween was based on
0: uh, a series of babysitter killings. That's why it was gonna be called babysitter, babysitter murders. Yeah, something like that. Um yeah. So yeah, I, I know what you mean, because like true crime is almost like too saturated as 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 a like a niche that people are into. like there's so much of it, and there's so many true crime podcasts. I mean, there's also a lot of horror podcasts. I can't dispute that, but I know what you mean, but I think how it's yeah. going to be done is interesting since it's like archive footage and like you know re-en- like reenactments and stuff like that and dramatic scripts. so I, th- I think it could be good, but
1: yeah'm I'm, I'm, I agree with you in exactly what you're what you're saying. I'm just a little um, butthurt hurt because Netflix has this new series called like That Child or something. It's a true crime series, yeah. And if you look at it, they're obviously trying to bait horror fans into watching it. It's not horror, whatever. Oh. So like, I just don't want that to happen again.
0: You don't want to be faked out. I well, I would hope yeah. with John Carpenter, kind of uh, you know behind the scenes and directing one episode, that you know he wouldn't he wouldn't let us down. So I, I believe in Carpenter. So hopefully, it'll be exactly what we want for Spooky Season. Um, i and- believe it when I see it, <laughs> Mr. Carpenter. Uh, so next up, Hulu's Huluween is fucking stacked. It is insane. I'm not going to give you everything, but I picked out some of the highlights that I think sounded cool. So as we creep closer to spooky season, of course, favor- your favorite streamers are ramping up to celebrate the occasion. Today, Hulu and Disney Plus have announced their Huluween and Howlow stream. That is really close to Howlow Scream. Um Lineups, And trust me when I say you're not going to want to miss a second of either. Uh, one of the films highlighting on Halloween is something called Appendage, which is the feature directorial debut from Anna Zlokovic based on her 2021 short of the same name. Um, Appendage stars Haley, sorry, Hadley Robinson from Utopia, Kalsar Muhammad from Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous, Emily Hampshire from 12 Monkeys and Brandon Mikal Smith of Phil of the Future. The deliciously gloopy sounding synopsis reads as followed. I like that word. I don't think I've ever heard gloopy before. Um, Hannah, a young fashion designer, seems fine on the surface, but secretly struggles with debilitating self-doubt. Soon, these buried feelings begin to make Hannah feel physically sick and sprout into a ferocious growth on her body. The appendage. As Hannah's health declines, the appendage begins to fuel her anxieties, her perceived lack of talent at work, her deteriorating relationships with her boyfriend and her best friend, and her parents' lack of love and understanding. At her, at her breaking point, Hannah makes a shocking discovery. There are others out there like her. Bum, bum, bum. It sounds like malignant almost. Sounds like she's having a baby, because that's a baby soon. Um, <laughs> The pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, growing, I'm growing something inside of me. It's a baby. Um, so it's kind of a weird, kind, kind of vague, but also very, ins- I, don't, I don't know. Sounds interesting, but that's supposed to hit uh, Hulu on October 2nd. Um, something that's streaming now is called The Other Black Girl, a Hulu original. Nella, mm-hmm. an editorial assistant, is tired of being the only black girl at her company, so she's excited when Hazel is hired. But as Hazel's star begins to rise, Nella spirals out and discovers something sinister is going on at the company.
1: I'm going to check yeah, that it out. Yeah, it looks really good. I saw the commercial, and I was like, I need to watch that. But I feel like Hulu doesn't really do a great job of advertising their stuff. because I only, <laughs> I only saw the commercial when I was watching something else on Hulu that was, like, by chance. And mm. I was like, oh, I need to watch that. And then I totally forgot about it until I signed on to Hulu the other day. And I was like, oh, shit, that, that shows out. Because I think it's a series. Yeah. Um, and um, it looks really good.
0: Yeah, it says Hulu original, <laughs> so I don't know if it's a show or a series. But, yeah, that either way, that I think sounds it's pretty a series. good. <laughs> yeah. Um. Then Next up, we have FX's American Horror Story, Delicate Part 1, September 21st on Hulu. Um, So in this, after failed multiple attempts of IVF, actress Anna Victoria Alcott wants nothing more than to start a family. As the buzz around her recent film grows, she fears that something may be targeting her and pursuit of her motherhood. The series features an all-star cast, including Emma Roberts, Kim Kardashian, Cara Uh Dele... Cara Delevingne, Matt Z- Zuccari, Billy Lord, uh, Dennis O'Hare, Leslie Grossman, and Michaela Jai Rodriguez. I'm sorry, I don't. I, I just I don't fucking care about Kim Kardashian. Why does she have to be in the
1: show? God, why not? Ugh. What if she auditioned and she was the perfect person
0: for the part no i i'm not i will give her the benefit of the doubt i just don't like her as a person i feel like she's famous for fucking nothing and she got there because of a fucking sex tape so i don't know wow drag her and my lifestyle <laughs> apparently Jeez.
1: i don't know um, i just i don't
0: like kim kardashian so i'm just like oh god why is she infiltrating ahs but hey lady gaga did it as well and it's not that i never liked her i love lady gaga but i when i saw her in hotel i was like i don't know can she do this and she
1: fucking killed it so
0: Prove me wrong, if there's, King anything,
1: K. if there's anything not to like about American Horror Story, it's American Horror Story. Yeah, so it's, it's uh, I <laughs> always I have this abusive relationship with American Horror Story where I'm like, I'm never watching that shit again. Starts off promising and ends in some wacka duty way. Yep. And I'm pretty sure this is going to be the exact same way. It's very loosely horror. I've never seen one that's actually been like, oh, you know what? That was horror. I lied. The Asylum was great. I was going to say um, Asylum
0: and Murder House were definitely horror.
1: Mm, murder house was eh. um (laughs) but people are just on this anti kim kardashian train i'm like there's worse things in american horror story than kim kardashian oh i know ryan murphy um who's ryan murphy oh my god the guy who makes the show oh (laughs) (laughs) anyways uh goosebumps is coming out uh speaking of oh uh,
0: you're just gonna jump six things ahead of me all right i see how it is um no you're fine that's fine yeah goosebumps is coming out that is october 13th and then it's on disney plus and hulu Mm. um then we have no one will save you i've already mentioned this one previously so i'm not going to go into it but it stars caitlin deaver and it's like some alien sci-fi horror thing uh then we have stephen king's rose red which is great because it's not anywhere currently and it's like forty dollars for the dvd so that's coming on October first. Oh, also, No One Will Save You is coming September twenty second. Um, we've got something called Fight Crew, and Crew is spelled K R E W E. I don't know what that means, but season w- season one. So it's uh you know it's a TV show. It's a Hulu original. October second, an ancient prophecy and a voodoo queen put mit- put misfit teens in charge of saving New Orleans from the biggest demonic threat it's faced in almost two centuries. Uh, kim kardashian <laughs> but honestly saving the world <laughs> but honestly saving the world might be easier than becoming friends um well, that's cute that would be hilarious uh <laughs> no like i said like i said I, I don't i don't doubt she can do it i'm I'm just i'm you know but you're right the whole america after season five is when i just started like i liked murder house i liked um asylum i liked coven freak show was a eh, hotel was great and then season six it just <laughs>
1: I just, you know I, what I hope for Kim Kardashian? What? I hope she pulls out a Paris Hilton in the House of Wax where everyone hated Paris Hilton, but like <laughs> that death in House of Wax, people are like, all right. I like uh, Paris Hilton in that movie too. I don't know what everyone hates
0: about her. I thought she was great, but she did have a good.
1: Well, battle. I think, I think she's definitely a lot more likable now, but yeah. back then she was a little more insufferable when it comes to like adults. That's being like, true. Wow. That's very true. So I think that's, that's what it was, but. <laughs> Uh, I loved her in House of Wax.
0: Yeah, me and Gabby are going to do a double feature of House of Wax and Tourist Trap, because she's never seen Tourist Trap, and they they vibe very similarly. Uh, oh, nice. We love House of Wax in this house. I even have a poster of it right there. Um, yeah, so Haunted Mansion 2023 is coming out October 4th. The Boogeyman, finally I can watch it, um, October 5th. Oh, Haunted Mansion will be on Disney+. Plus. Boogeyman will be on Hulu October 5th um and then something called both
1: great movies by the way both
0: great oh well yeah I've, yeah i have to still see boogeyman but yeah i loved haunted mansion haunted mansion was great um mm-hmm. another hulu original something called undead unluck season one so they're putting out a whole bunch of spooky mm. shit what happens when an unlucky girl meets an undead guy pure chaos tired of an inadvertently killing people with her special ability unluck fuko is izumo sets out to end it all but when she meets andy a man who longs for death but can't die she finds a reason to live and he finds someone capable of giving him the death he's been longing for that sounds fucking so sweet just gonna say how romantic how romantic uh then something called the mill to hulu original i think this is a movie october 9th it's a successful businesswoman played by lil ray Howry. Wakes up beside an ancient grist mill situated in the center of an open-air prison cell with no idea how he got there. Forced to work as a beast of burden to stay alive, he must find a way to escape before the birth of his child. The stakes sound extremely high in this. Oh, my God. It also sounds very Saw-esque. Goosebumps, uh, October 13th. That's on Disney Plus and Hulu. And then we have... The thing I've been waiting for since I heard about it, Slother House, on October 15th at Hulu. I'm so excited. I cannot wait to watch this movie. It even has like a 3.2 on Letterboxd. Like it has great reviews. I've seen the trailer. It's out. It looks utterly ridiculous. Um, but I am so excited to watch Slotherhouse. If I can do an episode on it, I'm going to try to figure out how to do that. Let's see. Slotherhouse. Okay, 3.0. So it went down a little bit, but still. I expected that to have like a one point eight or something like that. So,
1: I mean, I'm not trying to give away your themes or anything, but you could do it for a uh, October. Uh, oh, October?
0: No. Hmm. Well, you know, October October is slash tober, so I can't do that. Yeah. Well, what a-
1: do you think a sloth sloth tober to do? <laughs> Sloth-tober. No, sloths have huge claws and they slash. That's I guess I was going to kill people. <laughs> I guess if it
0: is, it might be. Okay, we can might we might be able to work that in uh, for slash special
1: bonus episode. I might have to do that. Okay, Slothtober. Mike Tyson presents Slothtober. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, we gotta get Michael. Or Michael? Oh, Jesus Christ! We gotta get what? What? Did, who did you just say? Mike, Mike Tyson. Tyson. Oh my God! <laughs> Losing my mind. You make me laugh so hard. I all the oxygen just goes out of my body and I can't think. Yeah, I'm sure that's all the blood's going. i should really start doing youtube videos that that look was great (laughs) all right two more things well one of his one of them is cobweb which we've talked about uh comes out on october 20th if you haven't seen that that is a fucking great indie film and then last but not least we have living for the dead season one hulu original like that's three fucking horror shows which is crazy so, from the creators of Queer Eye, five fabulous queer ghost hunters crisscross the country, <laughs> helping the living by healing the dead. As they explore some of the world's most infamous haunted locations, they'll shed light on those not seen and illuminate untold stories. Together, they'll push past boundaries to bring acceptance to the misunderstood living and dead. This is Living for the Dead Ghost Hunties. hmm Yeah.
1: I thought you were going to say something else. What? What? Okay, you can believe this. Okay. When you said from the craters of queer eye, five. F- <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> five fabulous. <laughs> oh, that's oh, I was like, oh. oh,
0: my. No. I would never <laughs> even say that word. I just, no. I just, I avoid I that word. Mind. Oh. <laughs> hey, yeah, so cobweb's the last one. So fucking Hulu is. Really bringing it this year, and even Disney Plus with some of their stuff. Uh, I'm super excited for Goosebumps. I know Justin Long will be a part of that, and I'm assuming he's not going to make it because there's not one horror movie that he's been in where he has made. Oh, except for Drag Me to Hell. I guess he makes it to the end, but he doesn't really win in that movie. So,
1: I mean, it is Goosebumps, so maybe no one dies.
0: That's true. I mean, that's true. Um, but that's exciting. So that's that's going to be a show, right? That's not, or is it a movie? It's a series. It's a series. Okay, yeah. All
1: right. Um. I do want to point out that I don't know if you're done or not, but on Netflix, are you gonna say anything about Netflix?
0: No, go for it. That was just uh, the the Huluween.
1: On uh, October, I believe, twelfth, Netflix has a new movie coming out. It's from some European um, country, so it is subtitled, oh. but it's called The Conference, and it Ooh. looks really good. Okay. It's like, you know, like a, you know, how they do team exercises, whatever, whatever. It's like this team goes and stays in like this remote area, and there's a slasher out there. And it looks kind of funny, but it also looks a little intense, so I'm excited for that one. Oh, wow.
0: It's got a 3.5 out of 5 on Letterboxd. On January 20th, 1942, the 1C conference takes place in Berlin, a meeting that had only one item on the agenda, the final solution, the organization of the systematic mass murder of about 11 million European Jews. Oh, shit.
1: This is like about the Holocaust. Mm, that's not the right one. That's not the
0: right one. <laughs>
1: no, are I was you- like, it started off okay, but then I was like, uh oh no, that is not it. Here we go. A team, buzz kiss. I
0: was like, what are they team building for? Massacring people. <laughs> this is already so off the rails. A team building <laughs> conference for municipal employees, which turns into a nightmare when accusations of corruption begin to circulate and plague the work environment. At the same time, a mysterious figure begins to murder the participants. That's
1: why That's did you tough.
0: why did you stop me at nineteen forty two? Well, I was like. <laughs>
1: Because mm, I thought it was going to be like in the forties, the thing that would happen. Current day, this team goes to the woods. I was like, "Wow, who's uh, why are we it making went a- from forties to the concentration camps?" And I was like, "I can't stop this train, that, Austin's on." That
0: was already horrifying enough. Let's not make a horror movie out of that. <laughs> Jesus
1: Christ! It's, it's also it's also
0: like in from um, I think it's either German or French or something. So I was like, "It's a foreign yeah. movie right here." Son of a bitch! I should have known that had something to do with Nazis. Yeah.
1: I didn't
0: know what that was. That was a whole, <laughs> that was a whole thing. Sorry. Oh my goodness. Oh no, that was totally my fault. I should have, I should have read that before I read it on <laughs> air. Jackass over here. Um, yeah. So make sure you watch the 2023 one, not the 2022 one. <laughs> so that's on me. Um, if you, if anyone cares, cause I don't fucking know who does at this point, you can watch the first episode of the walking dead, Daryl Dixon on YouTube. Um, no strings attached. It's not like someone just put it up there. Um, it's a way to get fans, like, a little free taste. But if you want to continue watching it, you'll have to, you know, get AMC+. Plus. Like, h- how many fucking Walking Dead shows are we going to have? Because they're not only doing this one. They're also doing another one with, uh, yeah, Walking Dead Dead City that is going to feature Andrew Lincoln as Rick Grimes and Dania uh, uh, Gurira as uh, Michonne. How much more Walking Dead do we fucking need? We already had 11 seasons of the first one. There was like six too many. And this one involves Daryl arriving in France and he sets off a violent chain of events that inadvertently puts a young boy at the heart of a growing religious movement in danger. And then Daryl agrees to shepherd the boy to safety in exchange for returning to America. When, when the fuck did he, ha- what? What's happening in the Walking Dead universe? How the fuck is he in, fr- I don't, I just, I don't care. I don't care. Why do we have this I much Walking Dead? I only
1: saw the first season and that was enough. And <laughs> That's what a lot of I, people said. There's so many Walking Dead spinoffs. That, it's ridiculous. I, I bought like a digital antenna so I could watch like the news and stuff without having to buy cable. There's a whole channel called The Walking Dead Universe. And oh my, my TV froze on it and I was very upset. Because if I turned on the TV, that's all I could watch for a while. <laughs> um Luckily, I learned how to reset my TV and got that shit off my TV real quick.
0: Yeah, I, I just uh, I, everyone I talked to is like I pretty much stopped after season or season seven, like episode one. I'm like, that's where I or I stopped on episode two because I just I couldn't fucking do it anymore. And then it went on yeah. for four or seven, eight, nine, 10, 11. And then it did season seven and four more. I, I like obviously people are watching. They wouldn't be making all of these if they weren't. I just it's so oversaturated at this point.
1: Can we just let this franchise die and be done with? Well, see, like the, it wouldn't even be that bad if like you let a season end. Give us a cool off period, yeah. and then be like, oh, by the way, this is a spinoff coming out next year. They were coming out as Walking Dead is still going, isn't it? Walking so the the Walking Dead is is done. It had 11 seasons and it's over. But, but like some like, of the spin-offs were coming out towards the end like, oh, yeah. before it was over. So it's like stop. Fear the Walking like, Dead has is already on like season four, I think. I feel like Uh, rebel wilson and pitch perfect where the girl's throwing up and she's like okay stop and then she keeps throwing up more and more and she's like stop stop Stop!" (laughs) and it's just going everywhere (laughs) yeah it's like that is exactly what's going
0: on with the walking dead i needed to just just calm down give it a break um yeah here we go so the walking dead started in 2010 yeah 2010 to 2022 fear the walking dead 2015 so that's only five years into the walking dead then we have The Walking Dead, Daryl Dicks, and The Walking Dead, Dead City. Like, and those, those are both coming out in 2023. Holy shit, it's so much. I don't fucking get it. And there's um 177, Jesus Christ, 177 episodes of The Walking Dead already. And there's 113 of Fear the Walking Dead. Like
1: it's just so stupid because like there's that guy that everybody hated. And I don't want to give away spoilers, but like now in these news shows, that guy's a good character. Yeah. I'm
0: like you, uh, What happened there? Bad guy stuff. turned good? Just you cut it out. Anyways, yeah. last up here, Exorcist is coming back to theaters for its 50th anniversary, um, yep. which is crazy. That movie's 50 years old. Um, it'll screen in theaters across the country on Sunday, October 1st, and Wednesday, October 4th as part of Fathom Events' annual Fright Fest lineup. Um, it should also be noted that this is the extended director's cut, the one that has about 12 more minutes of additional footage that was not in the original cut, Um, This includes the famed Spider Walk Down the Stairs. Um, It's also to note that the Exorcist will be getting a 4K as well, uh, coming to uh, Ultra HD. I don't know. I mean, I don't think I own it. So if I'm going to buy it, I'll get the 4K. But again, it's not one that I'm going to be like jumping to see.
1: I have the VHS. That's enough.
0: That's enough. That's enough. The way the way William Friedkin intended is is the, so he, the, the way VHS. God intended.
1: I feel like that's one of those movies that you need to see dark and dirty and grainy. Yeah, I don't need uh,
0: to yeah. See it
1: crystal clear.
0: I don't need. Yeah, that's true. There's some movies that I'm like, you know, I've got the DVD on. I'm like, that's good. That's yeah. fine. I don't need to upgrade. Some movies, yeah, need <laughs> to just be gritty. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had one more thing on Stranger Things. It's just basically like uh, it's going to be gigantic, apparently, which makes sense because they've kind of upped the stakes every season. Um, and David Harbour, even, you know, he's kind of, he, so David Harbour recently said on the happy Sad confused podcast. I know where we net out and it's very, very moving. The term I will use, it's a hell of an undertaking too. I mean, the set pieces and the things in the scripts we saw are bigger than anything we've done in the past. If you've kept up with stranger things, literally the scale just gets bigger and bigger every season. So I'm, um, this is, I think they're really going to go out on a bang, which is good. And then, then they need to stop it. Um, but I also can't imagine how much bigger it's going to be because like we had two 90 minute episodes in season four and a two and a half hour season finale. So are we talking like like I can only take so much of long, you know, t- like, you know, show episodes like 90 minutes was like I, when I saw that, I was like, all right, that's pushing it for for like a TV show. And then, the you know, the two and a half hour finale. I'm like, OK, why did we not just break that up into two parts?
1: I, don't I know. think he might be referring more towards like the epicness of what's yeah. happening, not so much like the length. Because, but that's fine. Yeah, I, I will let David Harbor. I used to like him, but what do you mean? What what, what did he do? <clears throat> Just some comments he made about like some advice he gave to future actors. It was oh. a big high-roll. It was one of those like, yeah, oh. you're privileged enough to say that. Oh. It was basically like, if you want to be an actor, don't. It's so hard. Blah blah. blah. And I was like, bitch, you have the privilege of saying that. I will decide for myself if I want to deal with those circumstances or not. Interesting. So I there's so many actors that are like super rich, famous, and yeah. they're like, my best advice is don't do it. It's so terrible. It's like suck my dick.
0: <laughs> you only have $120 million. I'm sure you're you're you're
1: uh, so upset with how hard it is. Oh I'll go buy an island and be sad over there. Right.
0: <laughs> Call it sad, sad, depressing, lonely, sad sap island. Um He's hot though, so whatever. Yeah, he's pretty good looking. Um, so I am DB roundup here. Have we seen this? Yes. This was my third viewing and Mikey had not. This was as he said earlier. Um, this is body bags from 1993 released on August 8th of that year in the U S it's rated R, but it's also listed as a TV movie, so I'm very confused on that, because I didn't think TV movies could be rated R, so I don't know how that if works. If anything,
1: it would have been released on HBO or Showtime, nothing else.
0: Yeah, maybe that's what it was, because when I it says, it says rated R on IMDb and then TV movie. so I'm like, I thought that was usually-
1: because yeah, like... there's nudity in it, so- Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> like, and
0: there's severe violence and gore, so I was like, is, wouldn't this not be TVMA? I don't know, so- it was also the 90s. They maybe did some shit differently back then. Who knows? Um, so it is rated R for, sexual, for sexuality and horror violence. There's moderate sex and nudity, severe violence and gore, mild profanity, um, no alcohol, drugs or smoking, and moderate frightening and intense scenes. Coming in at a brisk hour and 34 minutes, this is a comedy horror sci-fi directed by two, oh, three people. John Carpenter, who did the gas station and the hair segments. Um, cause there's three segments and then Toby Hooper did the eye. And then there's also a, a credit for a man named Larry Sulkis, which I always find an uncredited credit as, as hilarious. Cause like technically you're credited, but it says uncredited. So you're just, they're not like credited in the movie, I guess. Um, he only did four other things, which I did not recognize. Um, we have written by Billy Brown, who did 55 episodes of Go- of the Goosebumps show from the nineties. So that's also funny that I, we mentioned Goosebumps earlier. Um, and then cool. he also did R.L. Stein's The Haunting Tour and R.L. Stein's Monsterville Cabinet of Souls,
1: which I've not seen. Haunting Tour or The Haunting Hour? The Haunting Tour. Oh, hmm. Hmm. never heard of that. Yeah, I was like, did he just mispronounce hour? Because <laughs> <laughs> no. there's Haunting Hour. I like that one. But Maybe I did. Maybe oh, it, is this your notes? Oh, yeah, you probably fucked with
0: it. <laughs> let's let's check the track record of how many times I fucked up spelling something. Um, every. Roll time. the tapes. Roll the tapes. Yeah, roll roll the last two hundred and ninety episodes. <laughs> Billy Brown, that's not you. Let me make sure I'm doing this right. I don't even know yeah. where the fuck. There it is. Bobby
1: Millie Brown.
0: <laughs> it is the haunting hour.
1: Damn it! Oh, <laughs> uh, knew it. I love that movie. Thank you, Mike. Unless... Oh shit! Oh god, my computer's gonna die. Hold on. Uh (sighs) Uh-oh. No surprise. I come here on time, fully ready to record, and he drops the ball. And now I have to sit here. It's been 14 minutes, and I'm here trying to keep the audience entertained. Not even my audience, mind you. Austin's audience. Trying to get you guys to be engaged and entertained. While Austin goes, he's probably also just, you know, taking a break having a little oh here
0: he is <laughs> okay i don't know what... hi hi probably said so many nice things about me um so the 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 haunting hour or the yeah the haunting hour not tour uh we also have written by dan angel who did the same exact things as billy brown i think they were probably like writing partners makes sense hmm. <laughs> oh, i gay God. <laughs> that's it mikey probably boning each other uh while writing the script uh produced by three people dan angel john carpenter and sandy king um don't really need to tell you what john carpenter has done at this point but uh sandy king did produce a lot of carpenter's flicks from the 80s which is cool oh my god i'm out of breath from running around the house good god i need to work out more jesus um composed by john carpenter who basically scores everything That he directs, in case you didn't know. Um, Also composed by a man named Jim Lang, who did In the Mouth of Madness, 100 episodes of Hey Arnold, and Hey Arnold the movie.
1: Hmm. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) Kind of a draft. So this this movie was made by uh, Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. Yeah. Goosebumps, pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. Um, Cinematography by (laughs) Gary B. Kibb,
0: who also did things like The Prince of Darkness, They Live. RoboCop 3, In the Mouth of Madness, Village of the Damned, Escape from L.A., Vampires, and Ghosts of Mars. Uh, then edited by Edward A. Warshikla, or Warshikal, however you say that name, who also edited Big Trouble in Little China, The Running Man, Child's Play 3, In the Mouth of Madness, Village of the Damned, Escape from L.A., and 13 Ghosts. Oh. Yeah. Uh, starring, we, <laughs> we've got a lot of people that star in this movie, so I'm going to get through this as quickly as I can. We've got John Carpenter as the coroner, Um, doesn't really do much acting, but, you know, he does appear in his movies every now and again. Uh, Tom Arnold also in this very briefly as the morgue worker, number one, and then Tobey Hooper as uh, morgue worker, number two. We've got Robert Carradine as Bill from the gas station segment, who was also in Revenge of the Nerds as Lewis. Then we have Alex Datcher as Anne, who's also in the gas station. Um, done a decent amount, but nothing I recognize, but her top credit is for Passenger 57 as Marty Slayton. Don't know what that is. Um, it's also to note that Wes Craven does show up um, as the pasty face man, and Sam Raimi plays Dead Bill. So that's fun. There's a lot of directors in this movie, which is great. Um, going to the second segment, which is hair, we have a man named Stacy Keach. Oh... Sorry, go ahead. No, you're fine. <laughs> Stacey Keach as Richard Coberts. Uh, this man has over 200 acting credits. He fucking works. Uh, his number one credit being Escape from L.A. is Commander Malloy, but I know him from Road Games as Pat Quid and season one of Prison Break and like see, like three episodes of season two as uh, Warden Henry Pope. It was the first time I saw him. He have not seen Prison Break. Great show. Uh, we've got David Warner as Dr. Locke. Also has like over 200 acting credits. He's in the hair segment. He was also In Titanic as Spicer Lovejoy, which is a fucking sick name. I like that name. Then we have Sheena Easton as Megan, who is primarily a Scottish singer and is, or sorry, and was the first and still the only artist to have five records on five major Billboard charts. So you fucking go, girl. Hasn't really done much else in the movie business, but she has done a lot of TV series. And then we have Mark fucking Hamill as Brent Matthews. I, I, d- I shouldn't really have to explain who he is, but in case you don't know, he played Luke Skywalker in the Star Wars saga. He's also done a ton of voice acting work and was even Chucky in the uh, Child's Play remake. And then we have Twiggy as Kathy Matthews, uh, who was also in the Eyes segment, who was also in The Boyfriend as Polly. Could not get a budget on this because it was a TV movie and could not get a worldwide box office gross for the same reason. Um, this movie was filmed in Pearl Blossom, New Hall, um, Los Angeles, and Santa Clarita, Santa Clarita, California. Let me tell you how many ways you can watch this, because you can watch this on AMC+, Plus, Freebie, Peacock, Pluto TV, <coughs> Shout Factory TV, the Roku channel, and Tubi, or just buy the Scream Factory Blu-ray, since this is Scream Factory September. Movies that came out around the same time, we've got Weekend at Bernie's 2, Free Willy, Hocus Pocus, Coneheads, Robin Hood Men in Tights, So I Married an Axe Murderer, The Fugitive, Psycho for The Beginning... Jason goes to hell the final Friday and the Hills have eyes part two. A lot of good stuff. Um, so I know there was technically three segments and I wasn't going to ask you to give me three specific horror moments. So overall, did you have a specific horror moment in, uh, you know,
1: over the, the whole movie? Um, I have to say the most specific horror moment is probably going to be when the guy from the hair, uh, finds the hair in the back of his throat and it yeah. goes back in. Yep. That was disgusting. Okay. This is the second time you've grossed me out this week. Yes. Nailed it. Mine was the
0: uh it was in the same segment, but it's when they uh the doctor gets the scalpel and just like rips a huge gash in his arm oh, and all yeah. the little hair segments come out. I was like, uh oh. like nothing. Oh my god. Yeah, like nothing. And then Stacey Keesh is just like, what? Uh yeah. favorite ki- It's definitely
1: gross.
0: It's really gross. Uh favorite kill there's only uh, two i think there's only two because i don't know mm. if i don't know if mark hamill's character actually dies so there's really only the one and it's from the first segment is that yours bill
1: we don't really see him die though
0: you see bill get fucking completely annihilated by that um car that crutches him and blood goes everywhere
1: oh i thought you meant like that's fake bill
0: well fake bill right. yeah
1: sorry sorry F- yeah. fake
0: bill i just call him bill because he has uh bill on his shirt so yeah fake
1: bill yeah i mean i guess that has to be it because yeah. that was the only real kill but the hair is still gross and technically i think stacy Keish died but also like when john carpenter is doing his wraparound and in between segments uh and he shows you some dead bodies and he's like this used to be a person it's like all this gore and mush like those are pretty grody too That's, so like yeah even though we don't see them dying, like hearing him talking about like the different ways people died and stuff or like when the husband and wife's heads are mixed mashed, And he's like, oops, lover yeah. spat. And he like puts them back. That <laughs> stuff is all cool too. So great.
0: Uh, did you have a favorite character?
1: Uh, John Carpenter.
0: Yeah. The coroner. Yeah. That's mine as well. And yeah. he's fucking hilarious. And, uh, I, Which I, it's I, also,
1: I, Oh, go ahead.
0: I was just going to say, I, I just wish he did more acting cause he was fucking hilarious.
1: Well, I, it's funny cause I've never seen him like, I've actually only really seen John Carpenter on screen as an old man, and he looks like an old man that like that's all he does walk (laughs) around. That's what he looks like. But like seeing him in this, like he's so youthful. I don't know how old he is in this, and of course they make him look worse because of what he is. But he's so youthful. His eyes are so animated. He's, you know, he's not, honestly, he's not the best actor, but he's doing what he can with yeah, what he has yeah. and it works. Yeah. He's having fun. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so it was, it was good to see him in that light. Cause you know, as someone that likes acting, I've always been like, I wonder what it's like to work with John Carpenter. Like, is he just like, rrr, 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 Jamie <laughs> go stand over there. Rrr, rrr, rrr. But no, it's like, okay. He seems like he'd actually be pretty fun based on yeah. this movie. Yeah.
0: Um, I didn't really have a least favorite character. There wasn't really anybody I hated or didn't like. They were all pretty likable or tolerable or whatever. I don't know if you did. I mean, really, no one stood out. I was like,
1: "Wow, you're a piece of shit." Um, no. Even in the beginning, so my favorites. Oh, well, maybe you're gonna ask me later, but um, even in the gas station where we have a lot of characters come in, none of them are really um insufferable. No, they're right. all unique and they all have their own little quirks that make them unique to their little two minute scene. Right. Um. But there's no one that you actually hate, really. Yeah.
0: Um, I had a favorite line, and of course it's the coroner, and it's when uh, you know the coroner's looking around. He's like, does anybody have a story that they want to tell? And he's like, no volunteers? What a bunch of stiffs. He's like, I'm going to have a go drink. while I'm going to go make a drink while you guys think about that. Almost everything the coroner said was hilarious, but I like that. Like, what a bunch of stiffs. I was like, ha, nice play on words there, pal. Yeah. Um, anything from you, sir, before we get onto this uh, topic here?
1: yeah so i thought it was really funny because he's drinking formaldehyde before you realize what he is and so at the end when dan Aykroyd's like looking at his um liver he's like man this guy's liver is pickled what was he drinking formaldehyde
0: wait you say dan Aykroyd
1: or whoever that was um tom arnold there you go same
0: person same guy both have three letter first names uh, three so uh, IMDB summary, three short stories in the horror genre, the first about a serial killer, the second about a hair transplant gone wrong, and the third about a baseball player. And uh so you we are introduced to the coroner right off the bat. very wacky, very goofy, quick-witted guy drinking from and he's like searching around the toe tags for the bodies. and he's like, natural cause is boring, natural cause is boring. and then he comes across a body bag and he's like, um, if it's like murder or suicide or a super like messy accident, they put him in these body bags. And he says this one was found on a lonely stretch of highway miles away from the nearest town in pitch black. And how they do the transitions really cool because they pan down on the body bag. And then we pan down to a gas station in pitch black is a very smooth transition. And um, I think my biggest issue with this what also, also was the 90s. But nowadays, because I even worked at a gas station overnight, they would never let a woman work overnight alone. Never. That's like very rare occurrence, and that's what Anne is there to do. She's there to do the overnight shift at the gas station and to take over for the only other person. And it's such a tiny little gas station. It's like a little box, um, which is so sad. I would be so bored in that little box. Um, but <laughs> she seems to be whatever, and she takes over for a fake Bill. But we don't know that at this point in time. We just know his name says Bill, and um, he's the guy on shift. And I think this one is super... For like a sla- like a you know like twenty minute slasher, I feel like it's extremely original because you know you get a whole bunch of you get a montage of all these different characters coming through. You have Wes Craven showing up as the creepy guy, wanting a pack of cigarettes. You have that um, guy who forgets his credit card and then you know goes off. And then you have the crazy weird couple that are all laughing and giggling. And uh, then the homeless man, of course. I love when. Um, the homeless man comes to get the buck key flowers fuck
1: flowers no buck flowers oh, buck is the homeless man <laughs> Oh, is and yep. uh the guy the werewolf from american werewolf in um london is fake bill fake bill oh
0: that's right um yeah so uh when uh, the homeless guy pops out of nowhere to get i thought he was gonna be not the killer but i thought he was gonna try to do something to Anne. he asked for the uh, key to the bathroom so she has to go get it because she locks herself out of the little box and uh she gives him the key and then the couple comes up and she's like could you go check on that homeless guy in the bathroom he's kind of weird and he's like oh he like tucks in his shirt oh yeah i got you i was like that would be me i'd be like i got you little lady whatever you need i'm here to help and then the homeless that's the
1: thing is like because in these days that guy would have been a douche oh yeah like would have been would have been like hitting on her behind his wife's back and stuff. So it was nice to see even though he probably was a little bit of a of a crass person. He was down to help. He's like, Yeah, I'll go check whatever. And he even talks about like having to pee around the guy's head. So <laughs> I kind of miss those like faulted but like good natured characters that we don't really have anymore. Now it's basically you're good or you're just a piece of shit.
0: Pretty much. Yeah. And so yeah, I like that in there. He was like, I'll take care of you. No problem. But then he comes back out. I was like, "Yeah, he wasn't there, or he was there, but he had to pee over him." So she goes, she goes to check, which is which, which is a bold move. I gotta give this girl credit for uh, being <laughs> he very. She left
1: the keys there.
0: Oh, that's true. Yeah, because <laughs>
1: like, yes, to go get it. That's
0: true. Yeah, because the 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 guy that went to check on the homeless dude did not bring the keys back, so they're there. So when she goes to check, the body's gone. But there is like some crazy something drawn on the bathroom. I don't know if the homeless guy did that. It was probably fake. Bill, I think.
1: Yeah, and that drawing was actually really creepy. Like, if I saw that, I'd be like, <laughs> "Oh God!" My shift's over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm clocking out. So yeah. uh, when the homeless
0: guy's not there, she takes the key and goes back and um, hears something. I think she sees the the truck that's in because there's like a mechanic shop there as well, and there's a truck that starts to be lowered down. Um, and of course, she tries to call. She tries to call someone. Uh, I think it's just the number that they had on the phone. Nothing happens. Uh, It goes to busy signal because she knocked that phone off earlier when she was going to get the key. But then we see uh, a figure that we don't know who it is. Put the phone back on the cord or on the uh, whatever that thing is, the receiver. And then she calls again and uh, fake Bill answers. Well, we don't know. It's we I'm telling you now because I know it's fake Bill, but he answers and has a really creepy monologue that he that he tells her. And of course approaches her with a giant sledgehammer and him just bashing in the mirror that was a pretty intense moment honestly i think it worked very well because that place is so small and has very limited room to try to get away there's one door in and out so she goes to the tiny back room and tries to find anything and then that's when um sam Ramy falls out of the locker so you know that he's really bill because you see his picture earlier on the uh on the table where she knocks the phone off. It says employee of the month and it's, <coughs> it's Sam Raimi and it says bill. So at that point, you know, Oh shit, wait, that's bill. Why does the guy working at the gas station have a name? That's bill Unless There's two bills, but that would be extremely confusing. Um, and I do love that. She's able to find a, what does she find? Like a tiny little step stool, something like that, that she wax fake bill on the head with.
1: I don't remember what it
0: was. Something. Yeah. She finds something in there and whacks them and then is able to get away. Um, to the car, she tries to get in the truck to go away. That doesn't work very well because uh, fake Bill ends up lifting it back up. And I love who comes to save the day at the very last moment. It's the fucking guy who forgot his credit card. He comes back to try- The one and- she thought was
1: hot? Yeah, to try <laughs> to-, to try most t- annoying- What? go ahead. No, the go most ahead. annoying thing to me was that the guy she thought was hot and fake Bill looked exactly the same. <laughs> and so I was like, wait, who's this? They both have like the dark poofy hair. Like eyes, and they look very similar. They do. So when he showed up. I was like, "Wait, who's this?
0: Who's this guy?" <laughs> and then when he was like, because he gets knocked out by Fake Bill, and uh, Anne, but then he, he slips on the oil and is actually ends up underneath the truck. So uh, Anne lowers the truck that's on the lift and crushes him to death. And he gets back up. He's like, "I forgot my credit card." I was like, "Oh yeah, that guy." Yeah. I was like, "Who the fuck is this guy coming out of nowhere?" Oh, it's right, the guy. So I think this is such a clever, like a clever slasher. You've got guy pretending to be bill cuz he's killed bill cuz he's a serial killer and then she, she you know he baits he baits her almost to go check out the truck but she doesn't and then when when she doesn't come that way she, you know he comes to her and then it ends up that the whole reason she's able to be saved is because that guy forgot his credit card i, fi- I find this to be a very clever little short
1: yeah i really liked it this was actually my favorite one of the Same. three yeah and i um you know i would totally be down for a full length you know, because, like I said, all the characters are cool. They all have personality. I would spend an hour and 20 minutes with all of them, you know. I think it could be done, yeah. Thing. I
0: definitely think yeah. it could be done. Um, so that's a gas station. And then after that, you know, you go back to the morgue. Funny things that, the you know, the coroner says. And then he sets up the next uh, short. The only, see, I, the reason I didn't like this one as much as I wanted to is because the coroner says, because he brings up a bag of just, like, pulp. And he's yeah. like, believe it or not, this is a human being. Poor guy fell off of a high rise onto the top of a car, which swerved in front of a train and was dragged 900 yards under the engine. And I'm like, oh, shit. And that's when we're we go to the segment, which is the hair. So I thought we were going to see that. And then when we don't see that, when it just ends with him sitting there, I was like, well, I wanted to see the crazy thing. So I was like, I kind of felt like I was led on to, you know, I might see something crazy and then we don't. So I was kind of upset with that. But. The hair is another extremely, I'd say this is probably one of the most unique sh- like shorts out there, especially for the yeah. '90s, because it's about a guy you know who's who's balding. Stacy Keach is balding, and he's extremely upset about it, and him and Megan fight about it all the time, which I find hilarious because she tells him initially she's like I don't care, and then when he gets all the hair, she's like I know I said I didn't care, but I love this. I'm like so you're a liar basically. Um, no no well then what is she then if she didn't care but she's saying how much she loves it now because
1: he's so animalistic (laughs) i mean it's kind of like you know pretend you have a partner and you're like i like you just the way you are and you do you like the person just the way you are but maybe they're just average they start working out they get a chiseled chest they get you know some beefy legs and you're like i liked you the way you were but this is well, that's impro- I could I could vibe with this. <laughs> that's improving so that's your how whole body. Because she, that's how she, sees oh, she doesn't make him feel like shit about his hair. She doesn't guilt him about it. That's true. She she even gets mad when he tries to do something and he gets that awful hair spray whatever it is oh my god um, yeah
0: when he goes to the barber or the stylist and he kind of like poofs it up i was like this is no this isn't
1: working dude oh no that like that looked fine i was talking about when he bought the stuff that like was like spray paint oh and then for he his flattened scalp. his hair <laughs> yeah that <laughs> like, was just what did you do um oh but, man. you know so i think it's and it's really realistic guys you know i am blessed that even though i have like Uh, what's it called? A recessive hairline where like the, the sides of my hair are starting to come up a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm thankful for the hair that I do have. Um, And I know what it's like when you think you're losing your hair and you're like, fuck, like we're guys, you know, we don't really, we're not really here to like have long luscious hair, but like when you lose it, you're like, oh shit, I didn't realize how much like I actually enjoy having hair. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so it does everything he talks about, like losing your motivation, losing your confidence. Like it's completely true. Um, So it's, it's a, horror story that's rooted around actual ways men feel about their hair yeah
0: so it actually has it's a pretty interesting topic because that is something that you know some men deal with and uh and like i said it's just a very it's such a unique short about a guy going to get this kind of experimental hair they don't even call it a transplant it's like they put these organic something on his head and he's like well what's in it and he was like that's a trade secret and i was like see that's where i'd be kind of suspicious it's Um, patented it's patented, yeah. Also, that nurse that was in there with them during the, um, like the uh, not the interview but the uh, appointment, she was horny as shit. Like, does she need to get laid? Because she was all over Stacy Keach's
1: character. I was like, good God, woman! Like, go get her. Well, a- she because she, she's also in on it, so she needs to make sure that this man is feeling validated oh, and heard, right. and like it's his decision. Do you know who she is, right? I don't. Oh no, she's Debbie Harry, right? Yeah. Yeah. From from Blondie.
0: From Blondie. So Uh, and there's actually a really fucking solid twist with this one at the end of it, because so he gets the hair transplant and it's not like, oh, I have a little bit of hair. He's got like fucking what's that guy? fabio fabio i was about to say fonzie but i knew that wasn't right he has like (laughs) fabio length hair so he had bald like a balding set of hair one day he goes to sleep and then the next day just gorgeous locks and then it just continues to grow and grow and grow and he kind of gets sick and he gets all these patches on his face and then the hair starts growing out of his face and he just looks crazy so he eventually Mm -hmm. he gets tired of it he goes down to the doctor The doctor delivers this monologue that is that literally chilled me to the bone because the doctor's like, You look great. And he's like, Look at me. Like, what do you mean? I look grotesque. I'm a fucking troll. And he gets up, and that's when he takes, he just takes a scalpel, cuts his arm all the way down. And throughout the whole little short, there, every time his hair gets cut off, and even there starts, like, some start to poke out of his neck, they're like these little hair worms. It's so creepy. So when he cuts his arm open, all these little hair worms start to pop out. And he says, you earthlings in your vanity, you're so predictably easy. Uh, He said, you know what was difficult? When we arrived on your planet, we were tiny organisms. Then we discovered that your brains are the only food on which we can thrive. The question was one of access, and we seem to have found the answer. He's like, in fact, we particularly enjoy your brain because we like fat. And I was like, wow, damn. (laughs) Just dissing this guy right now. So it turns out that these people running this hair replacement whatever like aliens from another planet and um they feed on human brains which was a fucking crazy twist i never saw that coming i thought it was just going to be a hair plant or a hair transplant gone awry or something like that but no that twist was so fucking good
1: yeah i think the twist saved this story because the story it did what it needed to do it was gross you know the characters were engrossing (laughs) um but while I was watching, I was like, it's probably not going to have any rhyme or reason. It's just going to be like, Oh, he died. This was a weird witchcraft thing, whatever, whatever." but then there explains everything. And honestly, like those little hair snakes were really cool looking. Um, Yeah, good, good practical effects for 93. Yeah. Yeah. And I really enjoyed them and considering how small they were, but like they were still able to have so many features with their faces and stuff. Um, it was really cool. I really enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, Solid second entry. Solid second entry,
0: yeah, for sure.
1: Um, so that was the
0: hair, and then we go back to the coroner again, who uh, picks an eyeball out of a glass and says, uh, "This one might make you tense." It made someone a little past tense. Ha ha ha! And then he says, "Here's looking at you, kid," and drops the eyeball in his formaldehyde to drink. Um, this one is called The Eye, and it stars uh, Mark Hamill. This is such a weird choice. Not a we- not a bad choice, but it's I just never thought I'd see Mark Hamill in like a horror short you know a horror short it's just such a bizarre choice but he did such a great job because he really does have a lot of range and um he's a fantastic actor and in this one he's a uh a baseball player for the bisons and uh he gets in a serious car accident on the way home and i thought that that was almost my horror moment but um i I knew something horrific was going to happen because it was called the eye and he got in a crash so i figured he's going to lose his eye But, you know, he gets in a car crash, avoiding a deer, and he gets, like, this huge chunk of glass in his eye. And when he pulls away his hand, it is pretty shocking. There's blood everywhere. And it was a good practical effect. So, you know, if you don't know much about baseball, you kind of need both sets, you know, both your eyes to play baseball. So, of course, this makes him extremely upset. And uh, some doctor comes in, he's like, I have, and again, it's like another experimental surgery. So there's two shorts in this movie with experimental surgeries, which I find funny. And honestly, the uh, the movie, The Eye, absolutely had to have taken from this because this was pre-The Eye. Because the Japanese, or I think it was Japanese or Chinese, came out in 2002 and then the remake came out in 2008. So this is, mm. you know, 10 years before that. So they had to derive some... I would assume from that, but yeah. it was also it was also another country, so so maybe not honestly. To be you know, I mean maybe not, but I, I feel like there's some sort of correlation there because the doctor's like, I have a special eye transplant I can do that I've been working on for the past ten years, and even though the other doctors are kind of skeptical, um, Brent and his wife are like, yeah, sure, we'll do it, and that turns out to be one of the worst mistakes of his entire life because. After he gets the transplant, he starts. So when when he got the transplant, what were you thinking was going to happen? Like just uh, like gut
1: reaction. I knew this was going to (laughs) happen.
0: So you knew it was going to be the eye of a serial killer.
1: Yeah. because What else can you do? (laughs) What else can you go with it?
0: That's true. So, yeah, it it ends up it ends up being that. And it's funny because when he confronts the doctor, the doctor's like, it came from a guy who died. John Randall. And when he finds out who John Randall is and how he killed seven women, all of them being blonde, and he buried them in the backyard because he couldn't put them down the garbage disposal, I was like, all right, that's not bad. <laughs> I was like, okay. I mean, I don't know why you would try the garbage disposal, but that's a, that is a choice. But I did like all the flashes that he got because, you know, you know, Brent uh, sees the girl in the backyard. He sees the arm in the garbage disposal. And is it just me or does any time a person stick their arm in a garbage disposal? In a movie, like I'm just bracing for them to lose that. Yeah, oh my god. He put his hand in there to make sure that what he put down there was there. And by the way, he put eggs and bacon down to garbage disposal. What what psychopath is a wasting that and also not just throwing that in the trash? Do you put eggs and bacon down your disposal?
1: No, I mean maybe like little crumbs <laughs> that are left on the plate, but <laughs> not, not a not whole a meal. Because <laughs> <laughs> y'all, y'all can break garbage disposals just so you know, and they're not cheap to fix. They're not. <laughs>
0: So, uh, yeah. So essentially he got the eye of a serial killer and it is kind of taking over him. And the scene at the end when he's got his wife, like he ties his wife's hair around like the table leg, which I was like, just undo (laughs) it, but whatever. Um, his acting She's is trying. so yeah she did. His acting is so great. He's completely unhinged. This eye is like taking over his body and he starts talking as like we in reference to him and John Randall. He's like we don't like that or we like this and he just comes becomes completely unhinged. And what comes in to save the day? The Bible. Mhm. Bible comes in to save the day and uh because I, they were a religious family and She's when when Brent's going crazy, she's just like, look at, you know, use the word, look at the Bible. And I think he reads something about some It's something about an eye and casting it out if it betrays you or something like that. And I was like, that was actually pretty.
1: Oh No, Austin. What was it? I'm sorry. I didn't write it down. <sighs> so it wasn't that. It wasn't the Bible. It was that she, he thought he was John Randall. She was like, "You're not John Randall. Look at this Bible I gave it to you because it said to oh, whatever your name is from his wife." And then it lands on that page at the end, which was like, "Thank the, you." The, the the what are they called? Not lyric, but the verse that tied everything <laughs> together. I forgot what it's called. It's been a while since I've been to church. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but it's something about casting your eye out if I don't know. Uh so I thought that was a pretty and there's blood splattered all over the pages too. So that was a pretty yeah. and because you know, he he eventually stabs himself in the eye with gardening shears or something like that, like the little gar prun, yeah. like a pruner. Great practical effect again, by the way. And so I, I don't very, know, very May. What? Yeah. Right in the very May. Like, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> very May. So that was a really good one as well. If you had to pick out of all, well, we said gas station was your favorite. All right, so second favorite, the second one. Okay, so they just the hair.
1: Okay, so honestly, the eye is just totally different. Yeah, Um, I it wasn't terrible, but I found myself like being like okay let's hurry this one up a little bit okay um and maybe it is because it was directed by toby hooper not john carpenter but it was just more serious than the first two and i wish it would have opened with this one and ended with gas station because that would have been a great end on a high note yeah that's Um, true the only thing i really enjoyed about this one was i don't even know if it's mark hamill naked or if it's a spotty double but yeah um, (laughs) i don't know if it is but they show his butt The only reason why I'm like, it might be a body double is because he kept hiding his face in the pillow, and I was like, "Mm, you see butt and back balls. Yeah, you do. Uh, (laughs) I was like, whoa,
0: this is a TV movie? What was going on in the 90s? Holy shit. HBO After Dark? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I I have to agree. I'd say gas station hair, and then so. It's not like they get worse. It's just, you know, if if they just would have swapped the eye. yeah, yeah. If they would have swapped the eye for the gas station, I think it would have worked better overall. But. At least you have the coroner in there to keep you, you know, entertained, because even at the end of the movie, when we go back to the coroner, he hears the two morgue workers coming. He's like, oh, got to go and takes off his scrubs and then lays down in a body bag and zips it closed. And I was like, oh, that's a fun way to end that. And then the coroner, you know, the morgue workers come down and uh, start, start
1: working on him. And the um, cool thing is you don't really know he's dead, but you know something's wrong with him. Because oh, yeah. this whole time I'm like, why does he look like that? Yeah, why do, and then going it, on? I didn't realize until the very end. I was like, oh, he's a dead person. That's why. Because then he gets <laughs> yeah. in the body bag and the actual... <laughs> uh corners come in
0: it was so great because yeah once he takes off his scrubs you see a huge thing on this side and i was like oh so he's he's just been... yeah because i was like what's this guy's deal he's drinking formaldehyde so i know you can't really be alive so the wraparound definitely is a lot of fun and i think it holds everything together but the really my only complaint is just switching those two, the first and the third because the hair was fine in the middle just keep that one there because it was yeah. so wild um do you need to run uh, two minutes. Two minutes. Okay. Well, I'm gonna. St- I was gonna say. Um, I know we're not gonna have time for uh for um, fucking funny reviews today. Um, let's just go to the ratings real quick, and then uh, if you need to bounce, that's fine. I'll just continue on with trivia. Um, i So okay. So rated 6 point, uh, 6.2 out of ten on IMDb, three point one out of five on Letterboxd, sixty seven percent on the Tomato Meter, and a thirty nine percent audience score. Like what? I don't know about that. I give it a four. I think this fucking movie is awesome. I love this movie. What did you give it? Or what would you give it?
1: I'd give it a 3.5. It would have been a four if the I ended in a better <laughs> on a better note.
0: So if I wonder if you, if they had switched those around, you probably would have given it a four maybe?
1: Damn. Probably. Because to me, my rating is all about like how I feel
0: whenever the credits roll. Yeah, you know? that's fair. And if you kind of went out on a lower note, then that, that would make sense. Yeah, that would make sense. All right, Mikey. Well, if you have to run, I understand. I'm gonna just read the trivia before I get out of here. Oh, real quick though, we'll do this. Tell everyone where they can hear your, the sultry sound of your voice. On, on you your can podcast. hear the
1: sultry sound of my voice on Slashers Podcast, available wherever this fine podcast is. You can also uh, find me on Instagram at whore and a half shell and letterbox at Mikey and the T Rex. I love it. Thank you, Mikey, for joining this episode. And I'll probably you. text you in like Sorry five to minutes. Rush. No, you're fine.
0: All I got is trivia left, and that's it, so.
1: Okay. Well, I'll head out then.
0: Okay. Bye. Bye. All right. We're going to crash and burn now after he's left. All right. Never done this solo before. Let's do it. Uh, Taglines. We've got from the master of terror, three (laughs) three tales to chill and thrill, and zip yourself tight. Going on to trivia here, John Carpenter spent three hours in the makeup chair for his role as the coroner. Um, In the gas station, as Bill is watching TV, the Anchorman mentions a body was found in Haddonfield, a reference to John Carpenter's earlier film, Halloween, 1978. Um, each tale is, of course, based on horror, but they all have different aspects of the genre. The gas station is a slasher, hair is a black comedy, and I a psychological thriller. The Morgue, which runs throughout all segments, is also a black comedy. The last story in the movie Body Bags is entitled I, and the story has a particularly strange personal connection to both lead actors Mark Hamill and Leslie Lawson, better known as the model Twiggy. In I, Mark Hamill is a minor league baseball player who crashes his car and loses his right eye, and Lawson plays his wife. In 1977, Hamill crashed a car in real life and required seven hours of reconstructive surgery to his face, leaving his appearance noticeably changed in the movie The Empire Strikes Back. Leslie Lawson's first husband in real life was actor Michael Whitney. Before he started his acting career, Whitney played for the Hornell Dodgers and the Great Falls Electrics, both minor league baseball teams, which is pretty cool. The gas station named Mobico is a reference to John Carpenter's earlier film, Christine, 1983. Um, Also, one more horror icon that I did not mention, Greg Nicotero uh, is seen walking his dog in the segment Hair. Uh, the only goof I could find is when is when Bill falls in the gas station um, to the floor after being struck by Anne. You can briefly see his prop machete fold as it hits the ground. already went over the ratings. Similar movies according to Letterboxd. We have Malignant, Scream 4, Scream 3, Urban Legend, and Saw. Similar movies according to IMDb. Someone's Watching Me, Prince of Darkness, In the Mouth of Madness, Vampire, and The Village of the Damned. All John Carpenter movies. Uh, Don't have time for funny reviews today as we got to get out of here. Follow us on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, slasher app at Frightmares Podcast. Our email is outlook.com. You can also follow me personally on Letterboxd at Dr. Proctor. And next week, me and Spencer will be doing a movie from the 80s that involves a deadly entity crash landing to Earth. So until then, stay tuned and stay spooky.